I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today, we watched Makoto Shinkai's The Garden of Words. And this is the movie that he made before your name. Um, One of many movies that he's made. Who would like to give a brief spoiler-free plot synopsis? Okay, I'm gonna gonna try. Okay. Okay, so this was about a boy, Takao, going to a park on a rainy morning. And he says that... He has this kind of monologue about liking rainy days, and you learn that on rainy mornings, he skips school and he goes to this park. And on this instance, he meets a woman there, and throughout the film, you see them continually meeting at this place and kind of developing a relationship. Uh, He brings her food. Um, He talks about himself and reveals his kind of dream. He's, He's a high schooler. He's 15. And so um, he talks about wanting to be to make shoes. He kind of amuses to himself about this woman who is older, uh, like the office that she might go to. um, And she kind of has these uh, interesting tastes where she's drinking beer, eating chocolate. And he kind of notes that. Uh, And, and yeah, so this film goes through them, kind of the relationship that they're building uh, as they meet in this place, as they go through the year through the rainy season and then into the summer. And then he learns who she is and and, and that information kind of shaking or, or how that affects them. Uh, and then, yes, like she's 27. So she's an older, she's an older woman. Uh, and so, yeah, that's one thing about the film. They maybe you don't, wouldn't want to see that because this is a ostensibly romantic in a way. Um, it's not like physical, uh, but, but, you know, he confesses that he loves her. Um, so you, you get stuff like that. Um, yes, that- it is. It is fundamentally at its core about a relationship between a 15 year old and a 27 year old that definitely is at least somewhat romantic in nature. So like, feel free to dip out if that is not a thing you are remotely interested in hearing about. That's cool. Um, but that is what this movie's about. So we're going to be discussing that. And actually, should we add that it is, even though he's not her, she's not his teacher. Like, she's a teacher. And that is another layer if somebody is like. Yes. Uh, it, it's it's a bit of a student teacher thing, too. Um, so, yeah, it's. Yeah. So, so if that makes you uncomfortable, definitely. Yeah, don't. Yes. Don't feel compelled to. If that's just a nope, I'm out, friends kind of thing, then totally understandable. Have a great day. Um, But yeah. But for the rest of you that are curious about what this movie is, we're going to talk about it. And again, it is an emotional relationship, an emotional romantic relationship. There is nothing physical or even it's not insinuated in any way, shape or form that they had any physical kind of romantic relationship. We we will discuss in detail things, but um, yeah, what did we think of this movie? Um, do we think that we would recommend it on any level to anyone? Yeah, what what do you guys think, Ken? Um, 
yeah, so I, I didn't know what this was, and um, it was it was very moody. It it looked great. Yeah, like yeah, uh, animation, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, like it was, you know, beautifully put together. Does the content make me not want to recommend it? I mean, I guess maybe. Um, yeah, I guess I'm not sure if I would recommend it on that because of that. And I guess guess we can we can talk about it. Yeah, I think it's a movie that I'm going to have to talk about to really understand where I lay with it. It's definitely gorgeous. Uh, Very, very beautiful music and stuff, too. Yeah. And and like, I think the the relationship, like the their interactions are are very interesting and heartfelt. And so uh, it's not to say like it wasn't uh, done well in that way, but yeah. saying like that is done well, it, you know, it, it kind of makes, makes you pause. So, so yeah, I, I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Not entirely sure. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm the same, especially as a teacher uh, and, you know, as a parent, grandparent, I, I don't know. I'm not quite sure where, where I sit with that. I, I feel like they're, and we can talk it out. I feel like there are ways that they could have made it even more acceptable given, given the context of the relationship as far as, and the, the boundaries that were being, being crossed because, yeah, because ultimately um, I feel like they filled in gaps for each other and that in itself wouldn't have been bad if the context had been maybe upfront. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. We'll see. Let's get specific. So let's talk a bit of production notes. The Garden of Wars was directed by Makoto Shinkai, who also wrote the original story and screenplay. He was responsible for the storyboards, animation, composite, key animation, and editing. According to Shinkai, his numerous roles in the production of his works is due to the small size of the company. And in this film, it allowed him to tailor many elements of the film to more accurately portray his ideas. Production took only six months, starting with location scouting by Shinkai around Shinjuku. Uh, Production officially started after he had created storyboards based on the photos he took. The original idea for the Garden of Words came from Shinkai's desire to capture the beauty of the daily scenery in modern Tokyo and showcase it in a film. Having lived for 10 years in Shinjuku, he selected it as the location of the film and set about taking thousands of photos upon which he created his storyboards. Wanting to share the peace and harmony of his favorite locations in Japan with the hope that it would encourage people to visit, Shinkai modeled the garden in the film to match Shinjuku Goyen National Garden in Tokyo. Following the earthquake in March 2011, he was worried that it would be destroyed and wanted to preserve it in an animated film. I love that park so much. It was just beautiful. The animation was just amazing. Everything from the leaves to the water to the trees. And I loved... The feeling that you just had, it was, you know, we're all on the fence as far as recommending it, but it was so powerful emotionally. I I just, it was so positive in that sense. I was so drawn in. It's a really, it's like kind of a really melancholy mood, Mm -hmm. but like, but not in a good way. (laughs) It's not exactly, but it gives me some of the vibes, I guess, that I get from some parts of Kingdom Hearts and that there's like that kind of like there the mood isn't necessarily what you'd call happy but it's 
nice. I would I don't say know. it's more of a pensive mood. Pensive. That's, a, be- that's a better word. It wasn't melancholy, especially when he frames it as he enjoys rainy days. Yeah. He seems like... I think pensive is good. That's a good... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. And I think why... And I know we'll talk more specifically about some of the, you know, the boundaries that are crossed in this... And even again, I'm usually hypersensitive to to things like this as far as age gaps and whatever. I think literally our last movie was the dinosaur movie and I just finished editing it and you could not stop talking about how annoying you found the childhood, the the two children Mm. romance thing. Yeah. Which is admittedly not (laughs) a strong point of the movie, (laughs) of that movie. So yes, no, you're very sensitive about these things. So I'm very sensitive about these things, but I guess I did not, and I absolutely understand why you would categorize it as a romance and ultimately it is, I guess, especially since he does end up confessing his love for you. But the reason that it didn't, that it didn't bother me and that's not really where my mind went throughout most of this is because... He didn't talk, you know, when he would reminisce or talk and talk about his life or whatever, and even mention her. It wasn't like in a sexual way or like that, you know, or even that like I'm longing for or whatever. It was, to me, it was almost like these two people struggling in life for different reasons. I just mean, even though he was, you know, a normal student, he had, you know, struggles with the family relationship. I don't know where his mom was. And, and I guess that that was his older brother that he initially was living with. Yeah. And I wasn't quite sure what was going on with that. And so, you know, he seemed like he had to take on a lot of responsibilities as a kid and and wasn't really free to be a kid. And then you find out too, as he, he made clear in some of his statements that he feels like his only way out of a life that he didn't really want, you know, I guess in the city or having to work or whatever the, the, the situation that he was in was to make shoes to, to kind of, to, to get him to elevate himself or to get him out of out of this predicament and then she has her struggle so I felt to me it was more a story about two two struggling people who didn't have a lot of people that really understood them or cared about them in the sense I don't know in the way they needed it that filled this void for each other and it kind of like these these shared souls you know with with this with these these things that they shared in common that they loved the rain the, the the beauty of the nature the you know all of that i would like to share with you one of my notes about themes because it's relevant to what you're talking about according to shinkai's annou- uh, announcement of the film early during its production the garden of words was his first attempt at making a love story using the traditional japanese meaning of love during the end of the manyoshu, the native Japanese words today known as Yamato Kotoba were starting to be written using kanji, and the word for love, koi, was written as lonely sadness. As noted by Shinkai, a more modern concept of romance, represented by Renai, came about by Western influence. The Garden of Words em- emphasizes the original meaning of koi, a uh, longing for someone in solitude, but in a modern setting. Loneliness is the central element of the film, according to Shinkai. In an interview, he said he created the film with the hope of cheering up people who felt lonely or incomplete in their social relations. However, he made a point that this movie doesn't treat loneliness as something that must be fixed. So. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree with that. And 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 so I didn't... I. I just empathize with both characters and I didn't feel like either of them were, I thought they were both uplifting one another, but you know what I mean? And so in that sense, I didn't feel, yes, there was an age difference, but I initially, I wasn't surprised that the young 
a boy ends up, you know, confessing his love. But I didn't have the feeling like, oh, she's falling in love with him. He's falling in love with her. It was more like just, again, these th- these heartfelt moments, that this these lonely people or these struggling people that were kind of being there for each other, just being like moral, emotional support. I don't know. And especially, too, since there were, throughout this movie, there were so many long gaps of time that they didn't see each other. So mm-hmm. it's, and, and, and in fact, they didn't even exchange names until I think a year after they had met or later. I, I mean, till the, to, to the very end, um, you know, of the movie. So, so again, it's not like they were following up with each other or calling or hanging out that they were, it was this place in time, this almost kind of, to me, sacred place for them, both of them, you know, that, or this very special place for them uh, that just really filled, uh, filled a, a void for them that they came together in that time and place and, and supported one another emotionally and that it was such a good connection and such a good emotional support that it kind of sustained them, you know, throughout their everyday life when they, they didn't see one another. Yeah. I think that that really fits. Yeah. There's, um, there's a relationship building montage in this movie, which as we know from, um, Oliver and company can be, (laughs) can be bad, can be done very poorly. This is a relationship building montage done right. (laughs) After, I think, two like full scenes of different days where they're interacting in the park, then you start having a montage showing them have a few more days, showing some more of their individual lives. And it's like, this works. (laughs) Like, there's a beautiful piano music. And it's like, this is emotionally resonant. In the way that Oliver and company wasn't, so. Yeah, I almost also got the impression that the young boy, I I don't know if the father was still living there or the mom, but when the brother moved out, was he just living there by himself, I this don't, 15-year-old? I think so, and I don't feel like the, I don't feel like a father was mentioned. Yeah. I, I don't think there was even an indication of, is he dead? Is he gone? The mother seems to be dating. Yes. That's, but that's, I, we don't know anything about their birth father or whatever. I thought they, they mentioned at one point that the mom moved in with her boyfriend. I don't right, know. But right. But that's yeah. not oh. the same thing. Like, that's a boyfriend. That's not their father. You right. Know what right. I'm saying? Because you saw the boy, Takao, had a dream and that seemed to be there was a father. Yeah. His mother and his brother and him. Yeah. So it's, it, it's, un, it's not really, I don't think, ever made clear whether the father died or there was just a divorce or what. Right. Like, I don't, I don't think we know. Yeah. But well, anyway, point being is this young 15 year old kid lives by himself. I mean, again, it's, it seems like we find out kind of later, he does seem to have some friends at school, but for the most part, he's kind of just, a solitary goes through life solitary i mean sorry he he works and so forth but i just mean he yeah i think it's even more like isolating than just living by yourself it is he was amongst a lot of items it seems like okay there are two to three people in this apartment so his space seemed really cramped uh and so not a lot of space for himself that would be different than like i have a whole apartment to myself uh, and then he has a lot of responsibilities, the responsibilities of a family on him. So, like, I think it's even more, like, heavier than he lives by himself. It is, he is expected to do things like make food for family and stuff like that and, and consider others and, and doesn't have a lot for himself. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a really tough childhood. Yeah. 
And then when we see her, she again is very isolated and, um, and I'm, I wasn't clear. So you guys get, could tell me, I mean, I know some of it was just like a metaphor, like I need to learn to walk, but did she have any physical disabilities with her feet? Because when one of the last scenes, which I won't go into spoilers, but, but it looked like she was having trouble running and I know it was rain and she, she might've fallen, but um, I, I just wasn't, I, I wasn't she, ever I think clear she on just that. slipped in that particular scene. Okay. So I just um, wasn't clear on that. If she had any physical. I'm not totally sure either. Agree, the yeah. only thing that seemed concrete was the, the man on the phone mentioned her or she mentioned to him, I think about not being able to taste much of anything. And that was part of why she was only drinking beer and, and chocolate. Cause that was, she could taste them. Yeah. And that her taste was coming back some, but I, that that seemed to be about the extent of anything concrete we were given with that. Yeah. So, so in that sense, I didn't know she had physical problems too. But yeah, I'm not but sure. Yeah, but she seemed to again have a very struggling, you know, definitely struggling emotionally, and she was also very isolated by herself. Other than yeah, she, again, she was a bit of an emotional wreck. Yeah, like she didn't seem to be doing to be in a great point at her life. And later we find out some details as to as to why. I'm not sure if that particular thing that we find out later is the sole reason why she's not in a good place. But it's uh, certainly massively exacerbated things. Yeah. Yeah. That part's not in spoilers, but I just figured we'd discuss it in a little bit. So yeah. I'm going to get into it. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, in that sense, I my red flags usually or things that really bothered me about something weren't activated because it, it came, this relationship that they built to me came from a, a place of just genuine compassion and, and humanity for one another and, 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 you know, caring for, or, you know, just caring for another person or seeing even similarities or whatever in, in one another. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, so in, in that sense, and again, their, their relationship honestly was, was very intermittent, 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 intermittent. meaning intermittent. like, yeah, intermittent. I, mean, oh. I know I can't say it now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Word is very sporadic. It. Very sporadic. There we yes, go. Very sporadic because again, there were times that maybe they saw each other fairly frequently because of the rain, but then there was lots of gaps, and then they yeah. Didn't. I mean, there they was the rainy season, and then it was like months. Yeah, yeah it was, as well as summer. There's actually um, in one of the there's a, a manga adaptation and a novel adaptation, I think, and uh, in one of them, there's actually a um, a scene added where. Uh, after the rainy season, uh, Taco was unable to visit the park during the only rainy morning that summer because he had scheduled to visit the footwear college he wanted to attend. And then, of course, she's disappointed. So dramatic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. And again... But in the had... movie, there just doesn't seem to have been a rainy season or it didn't come up. Well, so, it was summer. So I mean, they... Sorry, yeah, there so... didn't seem to be any rain after the rainy season is what I was trying to say and I didn't say it. Mm. Yeah. And again, it's not like they had exchanged names, phone numbers, anything. So it's, again, in that sense, it wasn't, you know, I guess that's why it wasn't just hugely obvious to me that, oh, wow, this is a romance between these two people. Because again, it's not like they're carrying it on or that even in the time that when they narrate what's going on when they're not, you know, and when it's not rainy season and over summer, it was, he was talking more about his future and things. And there were a few times that he mentioned, yeah, he, he thought of her, you know, at times, but it's not like he was, it sounded like he was obsessed or just distraught or I don't know, you know. I find it interesting that 
this film is about two people who can only really communicate and see and and with each other in person and then your name is at least starts with two characters that can only talk via phone <laughs> like I that's even it think about that yeah oh, it's good, just like who can't contrast. see each other physically yeah. yeah very interesting wow um just think that's neat yeah there was a point where she was looking over his shoulder and he was grumpy about it. And I was just like, oh, that's relatable. <laughs> I, I <laughs> oh, hate that at too. His, at his... His drawings. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then asking, oh, what's that? And it's like, oh, no, that's the worst thing you can do. Don't do that. Yeah. It's a betrayal. <laughs> it is. It's like, no, this is my private thing. You only see it if I show it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't use angles to, to <laughs> peep my secrets. <laughs> And then, you know, there there were some really neat things between them that, again, wasn't, like, inappropriate to me. One was, at, they were sharing a lunch at one point, and he took a bite from hers. But <laughs> she was horrified because apparently she was a really bad cook. And then it was really funny because then, apparently, it did taste bad. He's, yeah, he seemed to have a hard he time he had to it. stifle the look on his face from... <laughs> And then, so that that was funny. And then she gave him a book about how to make shoes, which was really mm-hmm. neat. And he was, you know, because poor kid seemed to be, well, he worked all the time, like during the summer, his summer and any breaks because he was saving up for his school. It seemed like that was all on him. I don't know what else all he was paying for for himself, but he recognized that this was an expensive book. And at one sense, he was... I almost thought he wasn't going to accept it because it was like, wow, no, this is so expensive. But just a heartfelt gift like that, that wasn't, you know, anyway, that was appropriate to me given the context. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, There's a concept that comes up in this movie that us not being familiar with the culture definitely makes it less impactful because we we don't know it. And that is... uh, the concept of tanka, which my understanding is is a form of Japanese poetry, and and that that comes up like she says, I think part of one, and then he kind of figures out like the the corresponding thing to go with it mm-hmm. later in the movie, but yeah, like I I think there's clear significance in that that is is lost on us to a great degree because we're just not not familiar with that concept. And honestly, that then that response when he finally says the second part of the poem was to me the first hint that this was romantic or this could be possibly a romantic relationship because of the lines of the poem seemed romantic in nature or that you're waiting for someone you care about or that maybe you right, may right. love and so forth. One of my notes is it's so windy. Because it gets really windy at one point. Oh, yeah. Like, the weather... It starts um, raining, like, real hard, and then the wind's blowing really fierce, and it's scary. I know. And things like this, when when it does this, I'm like, are we going to have a tragic scene where one or both die, like, oh, in no. some kind of... Well, you know, I get scared with things <laughs> oh, like no. that, because it was coming down so hard, and then it would show uh, the, you know, the, the kind of the little river and things like that, and I'm like, oh, no, are they going to get into a flash flood situation? I don't know. Oh, no. I was just worried. I was worried. A little bit about voice acting. Well, two small not actually voice acting things and then a voice acting thing. Um, both of these characters cameo in your name. 
Um, Taco has a silent cameo appearance at the end of the movie. And um, Yukari has, um, she's shown at one point teaching some old words for Dusk and Mitsuha's class, including Kawa Taradoke, which ends up being significant for the film. Um, Mm. So, yeah. That's neat. That's fun. Yeah. yeah that would make rewatching your name at some point. That would be like, oh, hey, we know I them know, now. I know. Yeah. Um, it was the final scene of the film, which we won't discuss the context stuff, that made Shinkai glad that he had cast Hanazawa as Yukari. Uh, he knew that when Yukari cried, it had to be something impressive in order to emphasize an intense release of emotion. According to Shinkai, music alone could not produce the needed effect, and Hanazawa performed perfectly and without instruction. In an interview, he said, I believe that Miss Hanazawa's acting on that crying scene alone completes the film. Oh, wow. I would agree with that. That was, yeah, that was amazing. Let's talk about animation. Like other Japanese anime, the Garden of Words was created using a combination of hand-drawn animation, rotoscoping, and computer animation, with the latter facilitating the realistic appearance of the film's rain sequences. Shinkai made half of the film's backgrounds by using his photographs as a base and then drawing over the top with Adobe Photoshop, while the other half were fictional settings created with traditional animation and computer graphics. According to Shinkai, a novel coloring method was chosen from other coloring methods following careful testing. The method involved integrating the coloring for each character with the background, a new innovation of sorts that mimics the refraction of light on the skin as seen in nature. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it really can't be overstated. This movie looked beautiful. Yes. It's very gorgeous. Yes. It's a it's a visual feast for the eyes. The rain look real good. The reflections, the greenery, just and even like just city buildings and trains and all that. It just looks, it looks beautiful. It is, and there's this one, uh, this one scene that they'll come back to. That will show, and it's this beautiful, big, huge branch that is over, uh, I don't know, the pond, the yeah, little pond. river or something. And and then, like, if it's raining, that you can see, like, it dripping off. It's just, it's just so, I mean, as she said, you just, you, we just can't overstate enough because... Everything from the, the the leaves moving to how their their clothes moved, how they looked with shadow, how just all the buildings, yeah, everything. And there's there's a whole lot of shots that emphasize that stuff too to really like set mood. Like there's a lot of shots that are like close ups of of the greenery or like of a person's uh, shoes as they're walking. And there's and there's water on the ground that you can see like the reflection as they're walking and stuff like just just tons of shots that really emphasize the environment and just set set that mood that it's going for. It's it's good. And I love some of the choice. So many of the choices that they made like there. I think only a few times they did this, but there was this one 
almost aerial shot that they had when uh, both of the characters were coming to kind of the, their their meeting spot, this this covered area, a bench area where they sat in this park from different directions. Yeah, from different directions with their umbrellas, and so you see their umbrellas you know, starting to come together, but it's a beautiful, almost aerial, but not too far away yeah. where you can see the, the, the gorgeous park and kind of the trees and, and the, the walkway. And, oh, it's just amazing. It's a pretty movie. Uh, what, yeah. One of the things when you mentioned the, the, the innovative coloring technique or whatever, and I wonder if this was it is like their outlines would, would change color. Like if, if a character was coming in from outside a covered area into a covered area, mm. their outline would kind of adjust to as the shadow like was was cast on them. Um, I don't know. Yeah, like it was, it was gorgeous. Lots of lots of cool techniques. It seemed like anything else with animation beyond just gushing about I it. I know. I know. I can't. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about music. The theme song for the movie is called Rain, and it was written and composed by Sinri Oe and was originally a popular Japanese song in 1988. Hmm. Shinkai enjoyed listening to Oe's song regularly while attending university, and since one of the film's themes was Rain, it was the first song that came to mind while he worked on the production. He particularly liked the song because its lyrics reflected daily life, much like the film. The song was remade for the film in 2013 and sung by Motohiro Hata. That's yeah, so neat. the song at the end was very good. Yeah, it's a good. good song. The music throughout this movie is piano uh, almost entirely, except for uh, the, ma- the main time where it breaks away from that is um, at the end with big emotional moment or whatever. And then there's like some drums and stuff. Um, but generally piano music. There was a moment in spoilers that I will bring up again later where there was like a, a piano note at a specific moment that was like, nice. You play, <laughs> you play the piano note good at that exact moment. Like that was a good emotional underscore. Yeah. I mean, the music's beautiful. Yeah. And oh, who is, who is, is the composer? I have the name. So, this is also sound design as well. Daisuke, Daisuke Kashiwa, Kashiwa uh, was the composer. Did a great job. Okay. Yeah. No, um, music was gorgeous, but also the mixing was masterful. Like, they really added to the animation of the environmental shots, like the the sound of the rain, the sound with rain and bugs or rain and birds. Yeah. You felt like you were outside. Yeah, like... Oh, one of the more, most interesting sound mixing uh, parts was when the rain got real intense and then it was really windy and it got really audibly loud for a little bit like almost overwhelmingly so and then they get back to the spot where they're usually at and they cut out all of the sound except for like he has a little sneeze and it's like the, I, at least to me there's an understanding that that sound is probably still there for them like it looks like it's still raining hard the wind is probably still really loud but there's there's kind of like this idea that they're back in their kind of safe spot where they go and like the only things that the, the, the things that are standing out to their ears are the noises that they are making yeah not the surrounding cacophony and yeah it was good stuff yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to use the word cacophony, so. Yeah. <laughs> good word, good word. Thank you. 
let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? So this is a movie about a 15-year-old and a 27-year-old with, there's, there's romance. There's not kissing. There's not any physicality beyond hugging. Um, but like, that's an inescapable facet of this movie that is just not going to be content that some people are going to want to deal with. Like, so for some people, it's just going to be like, this is a no. So this is why I had to, this is why I had to say this at the top. Oh, but like emphasizing here again, it's always going to not hold up a bit. It's going to vary how much it holds up depending on the person and what they're willing to put up with in a story. I, I think where I'm landing is that it is overall tastefully done, but there's still definitely, I, I wouldn't begrudge someone who asks the question of why is this even a story that needs to be told? And it like with the ages, what they are. Yeah. Um, and that's valid. Um, I don't, I don't think this movie, I don't think being black and white about it and being like, this movie's pedophilic because this relationship gap and so it's bad and evil, shut it down, is is useful. But I don't, also don't think shutting out anyone's concerns over this content is valid either. Like just saying like, no, but it's do- it's done so beautifully and they don't ever like kiss or do anything like explicitly bad. Right, so, so you can't be So your concerns are invalid. Like right. that's also not. Not helpful. That's not good. Like there's nuance here. This is a very, there's a lot of interesting things in this movie and like kind of the, which we'll discuss more in spoilers, I think so that we can better discuss the totality of it. But there's, there's a lot of interesting things just about the human condition and such that that's in this movie that I think makes it worthwhile to, to check out potentially for people. Yeah. But if, if it's just like a hard pass on this subject matter, totally understandable. Um, yeah, and we'll probably still discuss it even a little bit more in spoilers, just so we can talk about, like, how it, how it kind of ends uh, with them. But, like, yeah, it's, this movie's not going to be for everyone, and it's totally understandable if it's not for you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think that there was anything else offhand that comes to mind that that belongs in this set in this section. It didn't feel particularly of a time. It didn't feel like there was a bunch of there was like racism, sexism, any anything like that. I, I think it's it's mostly just this age gap romance. Um you could potentially bring up the student teacher thing too. Yeah, I don't know. You can cut this out if you want, but is there anything to bring up with his confrontation of the girls that were Uh yeah, there is there's slut shaming in this movie. Um there's yeah there's we haven't really talked about it yet because i think i think it's just it's technically before our spoiler cutoff but it's just like the repercussions of it are more of a discussion for spoilers so we just haven't really talked about it but we find out that part of uh the reason that she's in a bad place is that the, the the girls in her in her third year class that she teaches that several of them one in particular seems to be spearheading it has have started really nasty rumors about her uh apparently because that girl's boyfriend was like attracted to the teacher and so she decided to like spread rumors about the teacher being like 
a slut and bad and whatever rumors that got like so big and well known that like even uh, the teacher's parents heard about it. Um, so it, it, it was wrecking her life socially a bit. Um, she didn't feel like taking the step of like going to the police or anything. And her, uh, and I think it was superior and her superiors were not interested in doing it because it didn't, it would potentially reflect badly on them that like, they didn't want this to be an issue, a public issue that people knew about. So they didn't want to talk about it, which is. Yeah. So she had a lack of support. Yeah. And, and eventually was afraid, too afraid to go to school. And that's why she initially started going to the park. She yeah. just was yeah. afraid to, to go to school and face it. And I think I, I, I was I think it was unclear. Did she uh just resign or was she let go? That's spoilers. No, he does ta- he does tell that the, yeah. that that she quit. You're right. I think that she resigned. That that seems to be why she went to the school in the Yeah. When I he think saw she her. went to get her stuff. Like yeah. I think she was resigning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she's resigning. That she yeah. resigned. Because I know she And then vague and then vague spoiler, it, she seems to have gotten a a teaching position somewhere else. Like yeah, it, it doesn't seem like she quit the profession. She just quit the school. Yeah. I think one thing that that could have been that you could have gotten rid of this what needs to be in spoiler is possibly if you had made a bigger age gap and it been more of because he was lacking mom, she was whatever and made it more of a maternal friendship type thing, you know, and not had any kind of romance. I su- yeah, I, I suppose. Just, just saying it's because, because I think you still could have possibly done I do. It. I do like that you started this off saying, what if we make the age gap large? <laughs> well, <no, I laughs> Which know. is just, oh, I know, I, that I know terrible. where you went with yeah. it, but it was very That's funny. funny. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not with the, ro- take out the romance and make the age gap no, I got it. larger. Yeah. But it was very, <laughs> I know, it was I very funny. I should have prefaced with, yeah, take out the romance. I, I would. <laughs> I would potentially argue that if you wanted to go uh, uh, mother-son route, then you could have done that with the age gap as is, honestly. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah, we'll discuss. Yeah, I, That's think, more for I spoilers. think there will be more discussions of this. Right, 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 definitely. Um, but but yeah, um, th- that aspect is also there, just uh, the social bullying and the lack of um, support in one's life for that. Let's go on to our spoiler alert. Skip to 50 minutes and 26 seconds. Okay, I got a lot of things to mention and and we're going to it's going to be probably be a lot of dis- discussion here. But first, about adaptation, as as I mentioned, this film was made into a manga with illustrations by Midori Motohashi and later novelized by Shinkai, both in the same year as the film. Uh, both the manga and serial novel share differences from the anime film, like the thing I mentioned with him unable to go the one day that it rained during the summer or whatever. At the conclusion of the story, Yukari is seen wearing the shoes Takao had made for her. In the novel, Takao prepared to study abroad in Italy for his cobbling and had a party with his family. Before he was in Italy, he exchanged letters with Yukari every month or so and ended up leaving his email address in one of them. Now, with each other's email addresses, uh, every message they sent avoided discussing personal issues, even if, such as if they were seeing anyone. In May 2018, he had some days off and decided 
decided to return to Tokyo, in which he reunited with Yukari at the garden and delivered his promised shoes. So that's how the novel ends up ending. Mm, okay. Um, some more, some more themes. Lots of themes in this movie. Although the story's central theme is loneliness, it uses shoes and rain as motifs, along with manyoshu poetry and the Japanese garden in which it is set. Although rain is typically seen as sad and gloomy, in the Garden of Words, it makes the world more vivid and protects the two main characters from the reality of their lives and the limitations imposed by society. Shinkai also noted a parallel between love and rain that neither can be controlled or stopped. According to Shinkai, shoes were a metaphor for life as Yukari learned to walk again, while Takao's shoemaking typified their relationship. Similarly, Yukari's choice of food and beverages, initially beer and chocolate, due to a stress-induced taste disorder, Mm. was a metaphor for her emotional health. In many of Shinkai's films, sad endings resulting from misunderstandings and unrequited feelings are common. According to Shinkai, his stories are intended to encourage teenagers as they learn to cope with these commonplace experiences. In an interview, he admitted that he had been accustomed to being turned down by women and felt that his stories were encouraging because his characters continue to try despite being unsuccessful at love. This film illustrates how people do not mature as linearly or elegantly as we often assume. Shinkai himself could relate with Yukari and not feeling as smart or mature at age 27, stating, We're all still just children at age 27, a point that voice actress Kana Hanazawa also agreed with. Those are the notes that I have. Hmm. Okay. So there's some interesting things there, and there's things that could be taken badly <laughs> there. Um... <laughs> Let's, yeah, let's discuss the end of the movie and our thoughts and feelings and the themes and whatever. Okay, so, yeah, he learns who Yukari is, that she's a teacher at his school, and... But not in a class that he'd ever been in, so that's, he didn't really know about her. Plus, he's kind of, he's kind of in his own bubble most of the time. Yeah, and also, like, the stuff that he got hints about her having troubles gets the context for why, or at least... Uh, the you know some of the current, context it's yeah. not potentially the only reason that she's at this point in her life but it's certainly not helping right um and he confronts the girl who started the rumors he gets in a fight with well, he slaps her and then a the guy near her like they get in a fight he probably gets beat up, beat up because that guy's big yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and he kept even going after him because and he did he slapped the girl and I'm not saying that was justified or not but she called said horrible you know called the teacher i mean you know said that she was a slut and all this kind of stuff and she certainly deserved like being told off at the yeah. very least yeah. yeah yeah no she she wasn't remorseful at all about the teacher no uh, about the teacher even leaving. Yeah, because he went and he told her that she was leaving, and she was she was like good basically. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, Called her a, a slutty hag, I believe was yes. how it was translated. Yeah. Uh, and then Takao goes to the park to see the teacher. He doesn't find her in the spot where they usually are, but he finds her uh, at another location. At another beautiful spot. <laughs> yes, and that is you know right before this whole rain thing. Uh, so, so they get caught in, like, a torrential downpour. Well, that's also when he finishes oh. the poem thing. Yes, he, he answers her, her initial poem, her Tonka. Tonka, I think, yeah. Yeah. And she says, yes, that's right. So there's, 
it seems to be a thing with the right answer. Again, I don't know how it works. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's like a poem that there's yeah, generally a response Yeah, a call response sort of thing. With another poet. Yeah. Yes. Um, and they get caught in the torrential downpour or whatever, torrential rain, uh, are there for a bit. But then they go to her apartment to dry off. Because they're soaked. Yes. And, and you see a, a, a little, like, domestic scene where he cooks for her or they, they cook. Uh, they eat... And and have like coffee or or tea or something. And then he confesses his love. Yes, and, and oh, and this is where this is where the piano note ha- happen. Where's my note? Uh, the piano note, as she says, "Sensei, you uh, sen- sensei Yukino," and then it cuts to him, and there's a piano note as he realizes he's being rejected. And I was like, nice, like like sour kind of piano note to underscore his like feeling of of what what's just transpired right but in the narration before this is happening while they're the montage of making food they both note that they feel happy yes you know in this moment um happier than they felt in a while or something like that or their happiest even maybe yeah uh so 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 yeah so there's that you know, she reasserts herself as, like, the teacher and, you know, rejects him. Uh, at least imply, I guess, yes, rejects it, him. It's a, yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's a rejection at first, yes. Yes. Uh, and so then he. And tells uh, him she's going to be leaving. Right. That's right. Yes. That she'll, she'll be leaving and, and moving somewhere else. And so he changes clothes to, I, I guess she was probably drying his original clothes, mm-hmm. but they're probably not dry yet. Uh, but he leaves, and, and you know she she's she's sitting there. But then she she gets up and and she runs after him. Uh, and it's very dramatic running where she's shoes. like falling over half the time. Yes, and, down the and stairs. She's going down the stairs and she slips at one point and gets back up. And then and finds him. And then he has a, a speech thing about I actually hate you. Yeah, um, a, a basically like. Reject me in such a way that I can let this go. Like, yeah, tell yeah. me I'm a child. Tell me that. He's like, I'm... I hate you, so tell me that you hate me. Yes, like, tell me that my dreams are stupid. Yeah. And then she races forward and hugs him and cries, like, very dramatically. And then they both cry and they hug. Well, and he is, and she actually articulates what was going on because yeah. what one thing that was heartbreaking is he is mad that she was silent, you know, for most of the relationship and didn't. And I don't remember if it was in that moment where when the crying and the hug or if when he told her the poem in the park. But at one point, she almost his accusation was you knew I was a student kind of like, you know, being almost accusingly. Why did you let why did you know, like we even have this connection relationship, whatever you it was obvious that I was a student. You know, did you just think I was this, you know, stupid idiot and, you know, untalented that that that. And, like, gave me false hope. More he was angry, like, you gave me false hope for my dream that I could, you know, make these shoes. And she had mentioned that with her saying that, that what was the name of the poem? With her Tonka. saying that the Tonka poem, she thought it would be obvious to him that she was a teacher, because yeah. that she was a literature teacher. So both of them were under, you know, the false impression, you know, of, like, that I thought you recognized or knew who I, you know, knew 
what I was and knew that boundary or something. I don't know. That's the impression that I got. But again, his was more out of like, you know, more not to me, it was less that you led me astray, like you led me to believe that you had feelings for me, emotionally feelings more that you, you let me believe that I was talented and that these dreams weren't, uh, you know, a pie in the sky and, and, and weren't, unrealistic yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's definitely that's where his anger was coming from or that's yeah. what he wanted to hear and i'm sure he probably felt that way from the teachers that he did talk to yeah if, if he you know ever said anything about his dream or maybe everyone in his life i don't know yeah but but no he did she did say that in the park okay. the thing that she said on the stairs was that he helped her walk or learn to walk or mm-hmm. what was it but basically that he was helping her in that time, too. And yeah. yeah, that he basically saved her life. She, I think yeah, she I almost think it was, even said that. Me. You saved me. That's what me. it was. Yeah. yeah. So, and th- and yeah. then And then they basically don't really seem to see each other after that. Uh, she goes and gets a job somewhere else, it seems like. She moved back home. I know at least she said she was going to do that. She moved yeah. back to, you know, her parents or wherever she was originally from. Yeah, and I forget what his narration says that he's doing, but... It seems like they don't really see each other. And like at the end of the movie, he goes back to the park and he's made some shoes and he's like, he's like leaving them there for her while reading like a letter that she wrote him. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like they communicate via letter. Yes. But haven't necessarily seen each other in a while. Ultimately, I wish we would have known more of what ultimately happens to them. Like, does he become a a famous shoemaker? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. All right, no more spoilers. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in the movie? If it's in spoilers, be vague. Uh, him getting beaten up, I guess. That, yeah. The whole confrontation. That, yeah, that was not the, Not like it should be cut, but it was rough. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, this was going to be hard because this was... I, it was so good, but yeah, no, that would be. Nice. I mean, it's like a less than fifty minute movie. Like pretty much every scene is like integral to either setting the mood or telling the story. So, what was your favorite scene in the movie? That's also tough. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I think I like that. I like the the montage, the little the little piano montage that's showing. Them meeting a few more times and also what's going on in their lives and stuff. I, I like that part. I think maybe that. I think I may agree because I know I want it to be something that also includes in the park because I just love oh, yeah, that the park's, so much. The park's almost a character of um, its own. Yeah. The only, I guess, other thing that I'm thinking of is when he tasted her food and it really was bad. That was, that <laughs> that was, was cute. Good. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Right. Though I forgot to bring that up in sound mixing. You heard like a crunch while he was eating this <laughs> piece of uh, egg. It was very funny. Uh, but yeah, I, I I guess the montage too, like him making her, like making sandwiches and then seeing him share that with her, how it kind of shifted with what she was eating. Who was your least favorite character in the movie? I'll say the girl that spread the rumors. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like it's it's tough to yeah, just because she was so like, remorseless and just yeah couldn't care less that she wrecked someone's life. Yeah, that seems right. Yeah, who was your favorite character in the movie? Oh, that's gonna be tough. I don't know if it's him or her because um, I love them both. 
she's very relatable with how she's like 27 and still does not have her life together. Yeah, and and you've read this in spoilers, but but yeah, like the idea that you're not not that you're not mature <laughs> when you're that old, but you don't necessarily of, have your life anymore together just because you're older. Yeah, exactly. Like that idea with the film, I thought was was conveyed. It was well. resonant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then he's a good boy. Yeah, just works I, so hard. He works yeah. hard, and his life's kind of rough. I know. I, I'm. I'm. And he's very talented. Towards, I know. I'm kind of leaning towards him just because he's just. He's just such a good, I think, good person. I'll take the plunge. Just, I think Taco. Yeah. Yeah. Takao. Yeah. Takao. Takao. I'm gonna say Takao. Yeah. If Tim Curry were in the English dub of this movie, <laughs> we don't need him to be. But the brother? Yeah. I guess that's that the only thing he could. Old. That would sound real old. Yeah. There's no like really? older. He'd be have to be like one of the very like. Wasn't there like a dude around while she was getting her things? I don't Maybe. even remember yeah, if like he said teacher, anything. But yeah, like, the, yeah. I don't think this is a good question it's for not, this particular film. There's not really a good place for Tim Curry in here. Well, Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Can't win them all. Um, let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate it. So, yeah, it, it's it's still tough. After talking about it. It's tough to give a rating. Yeah, after after talking about it, it's still kind of tough to say whether I would recommend it or not. I think it's, I don't know about you, how you guys are feeling, but it's definitely not like a movie that I'd want to watch all the time, certainly. It's it's not like, no. a, oh, gotta go back to this movie that I love. So it's not on that level of like a Your Name or a Letter and, to Momo or Totoro or anything. Yeah, and, and honestly, like... Which it wasn't aspiring to be, but... No, but it's just a, a uh, yeah, like a, a thoughtful film and, and, you know, sometimes it's hard... To, yeah, re- recommending something what because it's like oh yeah you'll want to watch it all the time like yeah. that's not helpful sometimes in terms of like like there are heavier things that are really great so do so I want to recommend it I I mean if it, if this sounds interesting to you definitely watch it like it, it's gorgeous it it's gorgeous um like the the music and animation. Uh, our sound and animation does so much to just make you feel feel there story wise um we've already brought up kind of the possible issues that somebody might have with it and if it doesn't sound interesting to you or it sounds off-putting to you like you're you're free to skip it but you know if if you want to try it like yeah I, i would watch it it's not very long it's more of like a short film thing, but, but yeah, like I, I'm not upset that I saw this as for rating, I would give it a, a four, four, it's gorgeous animation and sound mixing for, for the emotion that it, you know, evoked within me, even, you know, barring the, because, yeah, like, because it wasn't something that like, Oh, they kissed <laughs> or like mm. they obviously ended up together at the end while he is 15 and she is 27. Uh, I, I'll give this a four. I think I will also give it a four because I, it was such a nuanced in a 50 minute movie 
and the, the the animation again and sound like you were saying were just, I just can't even express enough how absolutely gorgeous and, and amazing it was and I also just feel like it even the way it ended you know it, it didn't it didn't reemphasize or or have any romantic follow-up or anything and in that sense um again I it, to me what was was what was most prevalent is just the theme of of, of a positive relationship or, and just helping one another in a hard spot in life and, and then being mutually happy for the other person or wishing the other person the best in life. So, um, so in that sense, I would, I hope that, well, again, can't control what you would, how you would interpret it, but I wouldn't recommend it if you're going to go in for it, like, Oh, I want to ship these two and Oh, I hope they get together no matter the gap. You know, I wouldn't recommend it as far as that. Cause um, but if, as far as just looking at it from just a just a heartfelt human connection, then I'd say give it a try. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll be the one to say that I don't think this is for kids, both because it's just kind of like I don't know, it's like a a, a contemplative sort of movie that is probably just vibe wise not. I don't know if kids are going to get a, a girl kick out of watching it anyways, but I'm, I also just, I don't want a kid to watch this and think that like, oh, it's an emotionally immature 27 year old. So it's fine. You know, I think you should probably be an adult when you watch this. Um, I recommend it in general. Um, but if the subject matter is not for you, don't feel pressure. Just don't watch it. I think I'll give it a 3.5. I don't love it, but I think it's very well crafted. I don't know if I'd want to watch it again, but I definitely didn't hate watching it. I think 3.5. I think there's some very interesting things in here, but it's it's certainly more... Subject matter is more fraught than something that I w- would more wholeheartedly love, I think, would have. I don't know. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank Thank you. you. Yes. And please uh, join me on Tuesdays. I'm playing Witcher 3 and you can. We've uh, been having a lot of fun. We've been having so much fun (laughs) in the chat. And uh, Danica has rescued me twice. One In the last episode, I like called and actually helped walk you through it. Yes, because I kept dying in this barn. You just seemed so stressed and I I didn't want you to be all stressed. And and poor Geralt is knocking townspeople down as I'm trying to run (laughs) to this fire. I'm just plowing people down not meaning to but you know when 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 you feel like horses and other people are going to die in a fire i just i just couldn't get out of that that <laughs> sense of urgency even though i know it's just a game yeah but anyway so we're we have so much fun love for you to join me look for nana critter n-a-n-a-c-r-i-t-t-e-r find me um i'm on twitter twitch and also a youtube channel but yeah come join us on tuesday night 7 p.m cst love to have you And next time, we will be watching a Russian film. I don't have no idea what it's about. It's called The Key. If you know what it's about, then you know what we're in for. I I don't. I have no idea. No clue on this one, y'all. So we'll see how that is. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank y'all. Bye. 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 Love y'all. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. 
Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. Sneeze. Oh no. That's what your sneeze looks like <laughs> Don't. Aud- aud- audibly. <laughs> Don't put that in the podcast. No free sneezes. <laughs> I'll just have this part of us talking about your sneeze at no. the end of the episode. Let's <laughs> do our little dance. I know. It's danced. It's a dance break. It is. Say that. Yeah, it is. It, it is. is. Stop it. I can't kiss my wife. How homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're not around us all the time, so you don't know that we make jokes like that constantly. <laughs> it's really funny to say innocuous things are homophobic when yeah. you are in fact gay, and you are, especially if you're talking to another gay person. It's pretty funny to say it to straight people too, though. Straight people shouldn't make the joke, but it's funny for gay people to say it to straight people. Like, Mom, the way that your nose keeps being real loud, it's kind of homophobic. <laughs> <laughs>